Howdy, listeners. Welcome to a Brandon Yeehaw! <laughs> what? It's a cowboy show. We're going to talk like cowboys. <laughs> Welcome to the very first episode of the Podrilorian. The rootinest, tootinest Star Wars podcast this side of the Mississippi. <laughs> the rogues from Rogue Podrin are going on a special undercover mission as honky-tonk bounty hunters to reveal the secrets and mysteries surrounding the Mandalorian as seen on Disney Plus TM. If you <laughs> Do we have any other adjectives that we could use for country western things? I think we used them country all in the western. First sentence. Yeah. Y'all. Y'all. If y'all are unfamiliar with Road Bodger and who we are and just came to listen to because of the Mandalorian, we welcome you, but also we hope you saddle up and get ready to potentially bail out because Wait, we or are get ready to bunch. bail out, not and. <laughs> yeah, well, whatever. Yeah, if you're buckled up, you can't bail out. You have to choose one or the other. <laughs> yeah, really. Not saddling up, Danny. You can bail out of a so- saddle. I've done it. <laughs> I haven't. Horses. Well, are we me. are we in a ship or on a horse? I'm confused right now. We're on a ship shaped we're like a, a horse. We're on a blurg. Blurg. Oh yeah. my god, a ship shaped like a horse. <laughs> horse An ex horse. Wait, it's like that Troy <laughs> thing. Or a horse wing. Except it's in space. What's it called? The thing with the it's big H wing, but it's it stands for horse. <laughs> I mean, if the horse sticks its tail up, it could look kind of like an H. <laughs> It would, wouldn't it? Okay. Yeah, very wide. Okay, okay, okay. That's legitimate. Okay. <laughs> so, oh, you're looking at it from profile. I was looking yeah. at it straight on, and I was like... <laughs> <No>. it... <laughs> profile. A profile Got it. Of, the, yeah. of the very majestic horse. Yeah. So usually here on the Podrilorian, we will be only covering one episode per one of our episodes. But since two came out in this inaugural week, we will have a double feature for our first roundup. <laughs> roundup. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I don't know where this came from. This is amazing. <laughs> so good. Mig, Mig, you know how much I love Southern Southern talk. I do, I do. do I, uh, Seth, do I can to... you please do this whole episode in a Southern accent? I cannot. I can't do accents to was, save my I was about to say, life. do I need to... Do I need to slip back into my southern accent? I tried Please. very hard to get rid of. <laughs> only, only if you yes. want me to have a real big crush on you. <laughs> do it, do it. <laughs> oh my god, it's been 120 episodes. We finally have a showmance. <laughs> Bounty hunting is a complicated profession. Do y'all need to say anything, or can we just jump right into this episode? Um, no. Okay, great. There's nothing saying no, my wait, name no, that which... I should do anything, so we're all good. Okay, yeah, that's correct. Um, 
So the first episode of The Mandalorian was approximately 42 minutes. Um, and honestly, Star Wars is for kids, my hiney, because <laughs> within the first five minutes, we see people get cut in half. Cut. We hear about cutting out glands to sell some musk. And it's just, it's a lot. It's a lot. I mean, to be fair, we don't actually see that guy get cut by the door, Iris, saying it cuts away from that. Yeah. It's heavily implied. Yeah, you hear so the Sonka cutting off someone's head in the Clone Wars. They also show that, for though, children. in the Clone Wars. Oh, yeah. Wait, Yikes. yeah, no, they do, actually. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> Kids watch some dark stuff, and this is a lot goofier than I was actually expecting for, like, edgy Star Wars. That's true. I also don't know if this was being marketed for kids. I think it, it wasn't. Was not. <laughs> it wasn't, That's and fair. yet I would still let my nephew watch this, probably. Oh yeah, I'd let a ten-year-old watch this. Or... Yeah. However old nine. your nephew It's is. close enough. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, in the first, as we meet the Mandalorian, and they are beating people up, uh, what I really appreciate in this scene is that there are white people speaking non-basic languages as their first language. Um, because usually we see aliens that are very alien or humans that are played by people of color using non, like English, so non-basic language. And so it kind of lessens the idea of othering to be like the language barrier, which I thought was nice. All right. Um. (laughs) No, that's good. I was just thinking, this is why you don't have podcasts filled with just white people, because you don't get stuff like this. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. Because it it honestly, like, in all the scenes that I can think of, whenever you hear, like, a white person speaking another language, it's, they are speaking to, like, an alien or to, it's never their first language that you assume because you see them speak in basic at all other times but it's very obvious that this this guy who's trying to cut out the glands for musk is (laughs) that as you do their their first language is hatties and like that's really cool yeah i also appreciate that this guy saw a mandalorian walk in was like i'm gonna i'm gonna antagonize this man that's what i'm gonna do (laughs) yeah right there was spilled his drink I watched this, I watched this episode with my sister, and I said, I call it Mando, because it's just, I can't be bothered to call it the Mandalorian, I guess. So I was like, hey, <laughs> we're gonna watch Mando. And I went, oh, look at the Mando. And she go, and she turns to me and goes, who calls it a Mando? And then not five seconds later, that guy who wants to cut out the glance <laughs> yes. goes, hey, Mando! Perfect! <laughs> we Top are valid. moments of my life. Validation. Vindication. Ash, you are valid. So also, the thing I was does. noticing when this episode started and, like, throughout the first two episodes is that I didn't know what planet we were on. Like, I didn't know the name of the planet. Yeah. I didn't know the names of any of the characters in the bar. And I was really thrown off. Like, we usually know every single detail. And if we don't, Star Wars makes sure we know. And we're, like, not getting that for this, which I think is intentional because it's part of the style. It's very interesting to yeah, be like, my oh, flatmate- I can, like, just enjoy the story without knowing all the details of the characters and the planet. I, I do like that. But also, me and my flatmate keep being confused because, like, there's Jawas everywhere. And we're like, are there Jawas on every planet? Because I thought they were just Tatooine natives, but they're on every planet. And now I'm just, my brain sees them as, like, every planet is now Tatooine. Yes. So that's yeah. the one thing I don't love about it. Like, I wish they'd use something other than Jawas, maybe, just because, I don't know, they feel so Tatooine. 
I mean, yeah. <laughs> How many desert planets have we seen at this point? Seriously. And they all, like, just having the same, like, weird little species on every planet with their big-ass sand crawlers just feels a little repetitive because then they all do feel extremely like Tatooine. Yeah, yeah. take your big-ass sand crawler back to Tatooine. How yeah. did you get it there? It's so big. <laughs> what if they just built it when they got there? You know, that's fair. Like, they're able or, to assemble and disassemble That's a point I didn't think about. <laughs> or whatever spaceship they... This is really getting to the second episode. But whatever spaceship they use, they then converted it into a sand crawler. And have built it up over time. Oh my god, imagine space crawlers. Yeah, it'd be cool. <laughs> anyway, cool. anyway, anyway. First, we're in, still in like the first five minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the music is also very good. Very atmospheric. Yeah, I think this is the oh, one the thing that like so is good. universally agreed upon so far about the show is that the music is fantastic. Yeah, I didn't and, even think about um, the fact that there would be like different music, but the music's so good. Yeah, it's great to have a different like because Michael Giacchino and and whoever did Solo, um, like both those soundtracks are still pretty Star Warsy, but this this is uh, Ludwig Göransson, I think is his name. Yeah. Um, who did Black yeah. Panther? Which when I heard that, I was that immediately was just like, oh, that's cool because Black Panther soundtrack is very different, and yeah. it sounds seems like he's doing that with this one as well. It's yeah. almost intentionally not Star Warsy. The way like the music itself is structured, it doesn't have the same kind of feel mm-hmm. that, and it's a lot more understated than Star Wars music is because Star Wars is kind of known for like big orchestral overtures. Yeah, when important moments happen, and this has like important character development moments, and the music really isn't like the star of it right there's not like a hero th- there's not like a discernible hero theme or anything like that yeah, yeah i i do appreciate that like and it's also good because it's so understated when the horns do kick in i'm like oh there they are that's mm-hmm. the good stuff um but also i really <laughs> yeah. like i love the ending credits i know we're on the fifth five minutes but i'm gonna talk about the ending credits anyways i love them <laughs> i love that theme so much that i watch the entire ending credits just to get it all because it's so good Oh, that's good. So good. I mean, the artwork during the ending credits is. I mean, even after the artwork's well. gone, though, like yeah. my favorite part yeah, is after right. the artwork is gone, the music gets really good. That yep. that that ma- that uh, end credit song immediately made me want to learn how to play it, which is generally the sign of good music. I think. Mm. How's that going? I haven't started yet. <laughs> can we do a Can we do a live performance in the finale episode of Padrelorian? Sure. Uh, great. Great. I can whack some stuff to pretend to be a drum. <laughs> <laughs> is there a drum in it? I feel like there is. We definitely have to do this now. Yeah. Oh god. I can whack some stuff. <laughs> I can be like a grookey. It's fine. We all have our Oh, channel your grookey energy. <laughs> okay. All right. So it's really apparent that even in this like introductory scene of, like, the Mando getting to this bar and then dragging the bounty of this gland person into... Oh my god. (laughs) Into their ship as bounty, that even if they're not speaking much, the Mando does have, like, a lot of personality through their physicality. Kind of like C-3PO. One thing I really love about... uh, I know his name, but I keep forgetting it because Game of Thrones overrode it for the Game of Thrones name. Pedro Pascal. Thank you. Um, I hate Game of Thrones. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, watching these episodes, I'm just so impressed by just how much he can communicate. Like, he's wearing a helmet. Yeah. There's nothing it's you can It's so amazing. And yet he communicates so much of his, like, whenever he's like, what the fuck is happening? Like, mm-hmm. you can tell he's thinking that through just the way he's holding his head. 
It's amazing. It's very so good. good. Very good. He's acting. so good. So do the... we think that it's Pedro Pascal in, in, in every scene? I do. I mean, yeah. every scene that doesn't involve him getting like knocked over, probably mauled by a space rhino. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So he brings the Mando brings the the gland guy back gland to man. Gland man. <laughs> gland man back to the that ship. That needs to be a spinoff comic series right now. <laughs> gland man is very obnoxious. <laughs> oh, oh, Gland yeah. man is just having such a bad day, though. Yeah, but they they must have done some. I don't know. I don't trust them. I think it's okay if if he's having a bad day. Yeah, who Gland man? Yeah. Gland man. Yeah, he's creepy. He's creepy. And so he goes, he keeps being like, He's very hey. much the kind of guy that's like, I can pay my way out of any situation. And I don't like right, those right, kinds right. of people. No, yeah. it's dishonest. So okay, but he, he just has to pee. Like, I, I feel like I relate to Glenn he didn't because even my pee. bladder is full he so often. He lied about it. He was lying he about lied peeing, about and I do not respect that. Plans. Okay, you're right. He was lying about it. But if he hadn't been, like, that's very relatable. Yeah, if he hadn't but been, I would have related to him. But he wasn't about expunging anything at all okay so, fine clearly there's a lot of anti-gland man energy on this podcast but i'm just <laughs> yes, gonna there have is to... this is an anti-gland man <laughs> podcast yeah okay. um i didn't so... hate gland man i thought he was all right <laughs> by far gosh. not the most obnoxious character in star wars by far <laughs> that's fair yeah that's fair so so gland man goes down into the bowels wink wonk at the ship and <laughs> saying that he has to expunge his whatever's and instead he's obviously trying to look for a way out or something he can use against the mando and i have to point out that like why does the mando keep all of their weapons in a cabinet where you just have to randomly slap some buttons and it opens up i also have to ask like why does he have i'm not gonna bring the toilet into this because the fact that we finally see a toilet in star wars is very exciting to me um this is apparently not the first toilet though I yeah, mean, Rebels had one. It is the first live-action toilet. Yeah, it's the first live-action toilet. Live I'm not counting, toilet. like, see, this is, spin-off stuff. This is the this benefit is of doing live-action TV series in Star Wars, is it's we really brave. see live-action Star Wars toilets. They would never show that in a saga film. Never. Like, never literally, never. we wouldn't even see that. It's like a thing in video games. Whenever I'm, like, in a video game, we're in a house. I'm like, where's the toilet, though? Because there has to be a toilet in this house. It's, like, it's an actual thing. People, like, there are toilet finders in video games. It's, it's a thing. Anyways, um... <laughs> Video games are weird. <laughs> yeah, video- gamers are weird. Anyways, uh, my favorite thing about the fact his toilet is just like in this open space and he just hangs people in there. <laughs> like they're just frozen people hanging out in his bathroom. Listen, when you live alone, you don't have to close all of the doors all of the time. You don't, but wouldn't you be freaked out by that? Like I wouldn't want these people hanging in my bathroom. They're carbonated. Yeah, and only the little stall was the bathroom. The rest is just the day room. <laughs> there's, the there's a room. lot of things. <laughs> it's the body room. It's it's more of the body room than anything else. You guys have picked some truly fascinating hills to die on. <laughs> oh, isn't that just <laughs> who we are? <laughs> Hashtag a rogue Podrin story. Yeah. <laughs> um the gland man also points out that life day is super canon now <laughs> life which, day is canon which apparently today is also life day as of this recording happy life day gland november man. 17th is life day wait really yeah <laughs> okay according to whom uh that's, i think that's when the holiday special was released originally. yeah yeah uh, okay 
Anyway, space toilet, yada. So, Glenn Man is searching around, but then, surprise, the Mando's there. And then they freeze Glenn Man and Carbonite. And I just have to say that, do you think this Carbonite trend was started by Lando and... Is he a little mad that he doesn't get credit or profit from it? It was absolutely, like, one of my favorite things. I don't know if it's canon. I like to imagine it is. Um, but me and my flatmate were talking about it um, because we were watching it together. And we were both like, is is this because of Empire Strikes Back? Like, because in that, that wasn't for freezing people, but he did it anyways. And everyone else saw that and was like... That's a great idea. Dang, that's cool. Yeah, because because they're so unsure if it'll work. Like, it's yeah. the first time that we know of that this thing has been done. And it so works. So there, there was that episode in Clone Wars where they all froze themselves in Carbonite to, like, sneak past some guards. Oh, they didn't detect on that any prison planet. Yeah. Uh, yeah, on the prison planet. Yeah, with Tarkin. Um but I do like the idea that, like, I mean, that was, like, just the Jedi doing that. It wasn't really widely known. And, like, Han Solo, and or probably Lando, podcasted about it after it happened to Han. Right. And, like, all of these criminals, like, saw it in Jabba's palace. And everyone, I feel like, would be talking. Like, everybody who's, like, on that sketchy everyone who's someone wavelength would, would know about it, right? Yeah. But I think Lando's probably a little mad that he's like, I, it was my facilities that made this possible. This was all my idea. And I I don't appreciate everybody doing that. I deserve the respect. <laughs> and also a trademark and a copyright. Oh, he well, maybe he needs to start his own company. That's, they have to pay a royalty every time, yes, every time they freeze someone in carpet. It's like a perfume commercial, but it's like carbonite freezing by Lando. Yeah. And the exactly. man was just sitting there like, do I need to pay that bastard Calrissian <laughs> license if I want a carbonite? Absolutely, yes. He's oh, like, actually, yeah. I thought of it first, but Lando claimed it first. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's mad about it's it. It's cute that Lando and Mando rhyme, by the way. Oh my god, I didn't even think about that. That's cute. Great. The adve- I want I want to spin off the adventures of Lando and Mando. I love that. I love that very much. Oh yes. And it's uh it's Mando babysitting uh baby Yoda and it's Lando babysitting um what's his face with the ear earphones? Lobot. Lobot. What? Oh. Oh. Well actually it's Lobot babysitting Lando. I was like it's Lobot babysitting Lando. Yeah. <laughs> like Lando and and um Yaddle get into hijinks and yeah. it's Mando and Lobot who are like, come just on like behind them just face palming for the entirety of right. the time. Please, please stop this. <laughs> and Lando's like, we're gonna dress up this baby as a dignitary. Great plan. <laughs> and tries on all the capes. <laughs> oh. oh my god, what if they have matching little capes? Okay. <laughs> Sorry. This is not this is about it is now. But matching little capes. <laughs> We're like not even 10 minutes into the episode. Yeah, not. this is our mini episode. <laughs> so, the Mando goes to wherever they're going. Surprise, it's another freaking desert planet. What a shock. And goes to meet Carl Weathers, who is so charming. Carl Weathers is in this episode for like five minutes, and it's all I want to talk about. <laughs> he chomps the pants off of me. He is so charming. But he's also very obviously the job dealer. 
I don't know what they call those things. Uh, He's the head of the bounty hunters guild. Leader of the. I was about to say leader of the bounty hunters guild. Yeah, the job giver. You know, (laughs) (laughs) same diff. Same thing. (laughs) Anyway, and so the Mando complains that there aren't like jobs that pay enough money that they barely pay for fuel and asks if he has anything that is a higher bounty. And Carl Weathers is just like, yeah, I do, but it's like face to face. There's no like puck, a cool bounty hunter puck, which does not sound good at all. The word puck, not charming. (laughs) I love it. It's good. And wait, one thing. I do appreciate that the reason this is all happening is just because the empire sucks and capitalism also sucks. Yeah, capitalism super sucks. Hmm. And they, and like people don't want to pay bounty hunter guild prices, which is why it's hard to find jobs. So they're all, they're all the worst. Capitalism's the worst. The end. And we find out that the Mando doesn't want to accept imperial credits and actually agrees to take half of the payment in order to get paid in something else which happens to be calamari flan yes which is so pretty and also great i love that my first thought was oh meg i love that (laughs) i I do i do very much it's very pretty money and it's also called flan um which is a great dessert that my people really enjoy my people being filipinos anyway (laughs) So, so far we know that the Mando doesn't like droids and doesn't want to spend Imperial credits. Cool. So, the Mando, yeah, so the Mando goes to meet up with this, because it has to be done face-to-face to to find out what this job is. The, whoever answers the door is a fancy gonk droid. Very into it. With Mm -hmm. a cape. I love it. It's so shiny. I had to, like, I ran downstairs because one of my flatmates, different flatmate loves gonk droids like that is his thing is gonk droids and i ran downstairs and i was like guess what there's a gonk droid in the city it's shiny <laughs> it's very fancy has a very fancy polished dome looks great so we meet Werner herzog and oh, he's so good he's weird he's, <laughs> he's a weirdo he's amazing i love this man so did much. you see that interview with Werner herzog where somebody <laughs> asked him if he watched star wars and he's like no i read no, I read books and then watch <laughs> WrestleMania. Like, He's like, if I feel of that thing that I love where like Shakespearean actors are in sci-fi, except it's just yeah. him. Yeah. <laughs> it's so, it's so weird. When I was so, like, when he's, when he's talking, I was like, they, I, I wonder if they just gone to write his own dialogue. They're like, you want, we want to get this point across. Just write what you think is right. And just, just talk. Say Werner yeah. I say your like, words. Bounty hunting is a complicated profession. And they're all just like, amazing. Like Terminator. <laughs> yeah, basically. And so Werner Herzog is obviously a leftover of the Imperial times, has stormtrooper guards, etc. And they're, is a nerd doctor who is definitely up to something. Yeah. Well, shows he's up. A, that guy's coming back. A bunch of people back. pointed it out, so we have to. Uh, oh my he's god. He's got a Camino and cloning badge or whatever. He's got a cloning badge. He's a cloner, probably. Yeah, probably. And so everyone thinks that it's a clone of Yoda, and I'm like, maybe no. he wants to make a clone of this baby. I think it's he just a- wants to clone it. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Right. Who knows? If it's a clone of a species unknown... That we've already seen. It's definitely a clone of Yaddle. Because Yaddle 
had the ability to basically bloodbend people, and that's scary shit. Oh, I forgot shit. about her bloodbending. <laughs> yeah. That was a thing. Yeah, it's amazing. The one below. Yeah. Anyway, the nerd doctor's up to something. The Mando's, like, obviously, like, I don't really like this, but Werner Herzog offers to pay them in Beskar, which is the fancy metal material that the Mandalorian armor is made out of. And so... They're like, all right, I guess I'm going to do this job. And Werner Herzog, of course, says something like, I'm really concerned about returning Beskar to the proper hands, but I definitely don't believe that at all. And no, I think he does. I think he's. Oh, no. <laughs> I think, no, I think he has a respect for the old ways. Okay. And like, he probably, he seems like a kind of man who would respect the Mandalorians for their like tradition and their killing Jedi-ness. And, like, <laughs> their whole, like, war culture going on. Like, I think he seems kind of like, like kind of man who likes, who who would respect that as a thing and thinks the Mandalorians are cool as hell. Okay. Like, he's, okay. to me, he seems like a man who wants everything to be in order and the Mandalorians are part of the order of the universe. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, that's the read I got on him. But I'd be totally wrong, to be fair. I just, like, <laughs> I think there's something, there's some nuance to this character just because it's Warner. Werner Herzog. The, the, the. Yeah. Yeah. So, even though the Mando doesn't want to spend any Imperial credits, so whatever baggage that that has about Imperials, the Beskar is enough of a reward for them to take this job. And so they take it and they leave, and we see some roasted Kowaki and monkey lizard, which I just Wh- thought was very important to say. Which, correct me if I'm wrong. Aren't they sentient? Yeah. 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 They are in the category of semi-sentient, where it's it's unclear. They haven't come up with a designation one way or the other yet, but it's still enough to make me go, no. (laughs) I mean, it's still very I find it very funny. I'm sorry. My first thought was, I didn't need to know they eat that Star Wars, but thanks. I feel like and they like eat anything whole, in Star Wars. Like a whole, like they didn't even treat it or any, like nothing has been done to it except putting it on a stick. I so. think they might have put some like salt and pepper on it. Yeah, space salt. Nice marinade. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Yeah, this was, so this, the the clip that we saw at Star Wars Celebration was the Werner Herzog speech, and then we, the Quakey Monkey Lizard was, like, the last thing, I think. Oh. And that was the only thing anyone talked about after yeah, that panel. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, the <laughs> Quakey Monkey Lizard. Seems right. It's like, Werner Herzog just gave this amazing performance, and everyone's just like, oh my god, they eat what? Monkey <laughs> Lizard, is it sentient? <laughs> I love Star Wars. So... The Mando goes into the little Mandalorian house. I don't know what it's <laughs> he goes there just it. happens to be a little Mandalorian house. <laughs> what is on it this called? Unidentified desert planet. Is it like a Mandalorian Co- consulate or something? It's like a coven, but like not the word coven. <laughs> I mean, that seems right to me, honestly. Con- con- like what is it called in video games? Like there's a there's a word clan in like Ash, did you just call it a Kanye? <laughs> I said commune. Okay. Anyway, it's the Mandalorian I'm just gonna go with it. It's the Mandalorian convent. And Yeah, that works. Yeah. And we see a bunch of Mandalorians all sitting around fully dressed at all times. I mean the Mandalorians, they gotta be. Yeah, I just, it's so douchey. It's what they do. (laughs) 
And the Mandalorian walks in and finds the armor. Okay, and- okay, but real quick, did anyone else, like, lose their absolute shit at all of the Mandalorians? No. Oh, me- yeah, definitely. Oh. <laughs> Thank you, Ash. Pa- Thank you. I paused it and, like, went frame by frame trying to look at all- <laughs> Yeah, same. Because, like, Mandalorians have been kind of, like, messed up since, um... The Siege of Mandalore. Even before that, they were kind of like... I mean, Clone Wars really screwed them up. Yeah. Yeah, like, the actual Mandos, like, actual Mandos have been, like, real kind of missing (laughs) from actual stuff. Like, we see the Death... They're not the Death Squad. Whatever they're called. Um, Death Watch, yeah. Yeah, Death Watch. They were, like, purport to be true Mandalorians, (laughs) but a bunch of them are just terrorists kind of thing. But some of them are good, like, true Mandalorians. Because we get... um, What's her name? Uh, Katie Sackhoff. Yeah, Katie Sackhoff. Yeah, Bo Katan. Um, and she's like kind of the first look we get at like a proper Mandalorian in a long time in canon. And I imagine the Siege of Mandalore messed them up even more, and the Empire would have screwed them over real bad because the Empire wanted well, that Beskar. I kind of like the idea of the Mandalorians being in almost not extinct, but like they're not. The Empire saw them as a threat and tried to take them out. Yeah, I imagine there was a mix of that and also like the Empire wanting the Beskar. And so the yeah. Mandalorians probably have not had a good time in recent years. Um, and so, like, actually seeing actual Mandalorians, like, just chilling out in a clan together and, like, kids and everything was real exciting to me. And I actually, I have a, my my somewhat insane, or I guess it's not insane because it's, it's not that far off base, but my theory about th- this Mando is that he was, like, adopted into it. Because he's not wearing Mandalorian armor, armor he's wearing Stormtrooper leg armor. I think. Yeah, was, yeah, I did that. It looks a that. lot like Stormtrooper leg armor, to me anyway. So I think what's going to happen throughout the court- They spent way too long on that Beskar scene. And they also talked about him getting his, um, his sigil. Yeah. So I think, like, as this story goes on, we're going to tr- see him try to, like, relate to the Mandalorian culture. And as that happens, he's going to get more Beskar armor. Because we saw in episode yeah, two, his armor is definitely not Beskar. His helmet is, but and his pauldron is, but- like his armor gets destroyed by that space right now, so I don't know. Thank you, Ash, for understanding me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, okay, Mickey, you can go on. I'm sorry. Thank sorry. You. So the armorer is the only woman who has speaking lines in the Mandalorian so far. <laughs> A woman in my Star Wars. <laughs> In this economy, I what think maybe this? what they're doing is they're just they're just letting the like they're just letting the men have their moment because as soon as the women come in, they're just gonna like own everything. Yeah, that's a good that's, take. That's my take right now. I, because I, I mean, assume. we do know some of the women coming in, and they are gonna absolutely steal the show. Yeah, so I was about to say. I mean, Gina Carano is like the female lead in this, and she's a dominating presence. She's nothing if not a dominating presence. Really. Yeah. So. Have you seen Fast and Furious Six? She's great. Anyways. And I'm, I'm I'm feeling a little more forgiving towards it than when I first watched it, just because like when I first watched episode two, I was like enraged, but then I was like, you know what? Like who he's interacting with is, I mean, it's it's this whole thing they're going for where there's just like minimal interactions to begin with. Yeah, and maybe you know maybe all those Jawas are women. We don't know. Yeah, and that doesn't make it better. I'm certainly not excusing it. That doesn't make it better. But just like I agree, I, th- I think that there's good stuff coming. And if we were I to actually, look at the yeah, first hour noticed. of Rogue One, how many speaking women are there in the first hour of Rogue One? Very true. How many speaking women are there in the entirety of Rogue One? Well, right. Um. Well, I mean, like I honestly didn't even notice in the first episode that there weren't like there was only one woman because he like talks to like of people who actually get screen time. He talks to, like a robot, Nick mm-hmm. Nolte, and the armorer. And that's basically it. 
Like, <laughs> I was... And also, uh, Glandman. And so I barely even noticed, because, yeah, he doesn't really talk to anybody in it. Um, and then the second one, I didn't really notice either, because I was just really distracted. Yeah, I wonder why. Yeah, I wonder why. Okay. So, <laughs> the armorer, huge crush on the armorer. Yeah. She accepts the Beskar and some of the flan, and she says that, like, oh, I don't remember the word now, but a nice little shoulder plate. Pauldron. Pauldron, yes. I'm always ready here with my knowledge of armor because of video games. Thank you. <laughs> and so she goes and she she makes one extremely fast. And during it, we also see like flashbacks to what we assume is the baby Mandalorian. And we also find out in their brief conversation that the Mandalorian is a foundling, which... I assume it means orphan adopted into their Mandalorian ways. And it actually does like feel a lot better than the vibes from like the Clone Wars where they seem kind of into like cultural purity. And... Yeah, I think, well, I think the ones we saw in the Clone Wars again were very much like the kind of alt-right of Mandalorians. Yeah. Like they, they were very much like this. Our cultures are like birthright. They have to be these like white people because that's what we are kind of thing but even in like um, rebels well, death watch was specifically a fringe group of extremists right like yeah yeah that yeah that's yeah, so why i said they were like the alt-right basically right um, yeah but even like, in it, rebels like it seemed very closed off clannish well i think in rebels is kind of more approached as well, like a cultural family thing and mm. what the the end of rebels all the clans come together though okay i, mean, I it, it, it haven't is, seen it season is, four it is presented as like you know, it's Sabine has her clan and the other Mandos have their clan, but like at the end they all come together for the good of Mandalore. So I think that narrative is saying that it's a bad thing. Mm. So I like the direction that this is going in. Yeah, yeah, yeah very much because like the end of that is like the clans unite together and work together. And I think the reason that they are so separate to begin with is because of what's been happening to Mandalore. Um, like, I think the actual origins of Mandalorians, I mean, we don't have that stuff in canon anymore, but even from... um. From, I hate Karen Travis, but the Imperial Commander <laughs> books are actually really good. Um, <laughs> and in that, like, what? I said that's a mood. I hate that's Karen a Travis. mood. Yeah, I hate her. I hate her, but her books are really good. Um, <laughs> like the Mandalorians accept the clone troopers like without any question because they are like they're clones of Jango Fett, but they're also like their own people and they are part of Mandalore. Like they, they accept them and make them Mandalorians basically. Um, and so like my impression has always been that like the actual Mandos, like true Mandos from their core are like, they have their tradition and their like religion and their culture. But if other people are willing to like put themselves into that and like actually respond to that, they'll respond in kind. Cool. Look, I apparently I have a lot of Mandalorian feelings. I actually did not think I gave a fuck about Mandalorian. No, that's changed great, my mind because, very like, quickly. I I don't know and I that has never been a focus of my thing and so that really helps um put Mandalorians in general into a context because like uh, I don't Yeah, care. that's fair. I never um, thought the, I would be the person putting Mandalorians in context, but here no, we are. No, <laughs> I'm just glad I'm glad that there are people on this podcast who care very much about Mandalorians. <laughs> and maybe there'll be more by the end of it. Yeah. 
dubious. <laughs> so the thing I liked about this flashback is that when this little scene was shown in the trailer, everyone was like, who is that little girl? And it turns out it's the Mandalorian, and I just appreciate that we're challenging gender expectations one more yes. time. Yes. Good job. Good job, Mandalorian. So, and also there was kind of this line where the extra Beskar from making the pauldron is going to go to, to for, like, the other foundlings. And, like, that's really cute. <laughs> I wonder if, like, the helmet maybe is something they just get I think, from when they like, get, the like, helmet, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, the helmet, like, is something they get when they, I don't know, grow into being a Mandalorian. And then they have right. the rest of their armor along with their sigil. I don't yeah, remember. Yeah, that's what I kind of figured. At least in Legends, I think that's the case. I don't exactly remember, because that's a period of Legends I'm not super familiar with. But if I remember correctly, the helmet is, like, the most important thing. And in, even in Rebels, they're like, our armor is our entire life. Yeah, yeah the know? armor is very like, important it's, to them. It's been reforged from Mandalorians who wore it thousands of years ago. Yeah, yeah. and it definitely seems out of all the parts of the of the, the uniform, the helmet is the one thing that you would need first out of everything right like you yeah, can't you just make right like you can't just make a mandalorian helmet out of like anything else oh the rest of the armor can like be built upon but like it's a mandalorian helmet and has to look like a mandalorian helmet etc yeah so the mandalorian continues on lands on another desert planet <laughs> I feel like maybe we need to do a study about, like... I feel um, like we've maybe been on the same planet this whole time. <laughs> yeah. And he just, like, keeps going out and then, like, zooming around to some other spot on the planet. Yeah. I, I wonder if there's, like, perhaps we can make a case for desert planet being... Because all Star Wars planets have just one ecosystem. And maybe mm-hmm. desert being, like, the most easy ecosystem for a planet to evolve... That like, maybe fair. those environmental yeah. conditions are the most likely based off distance from the sun or so. I, yeah. I don't know. Or I was well, thinking this planet, for some reason. Sense. Okay. The dichotomy would make sense that you would have, like, desert planets and ice planets as pretty common because, like, the livable zone in a sun's, like, orbit is actually pretty small. And you right. would have things that would err more on the side of the extreme, I guess, of that. Um, like, it makes sense. Especially if you've got systems like Tatooine, which are binary suns. Um and so, like, the more livable zones that have more temperate climates would probably, yeah, be a bit rarer in the same way that Earth is pretty rare. And isn't it also kind of established in a lot of new canon stuff that the Empire depleted a lot of these planets of resources and stuff? Yeah, so or, like, probably fucked with their, like, them. Yeah, like, fucked with the environment, like, the ecosystem on these planets? Probably. I don't know. But- <laughs> yeah, that was definitely a thing. I mean, we literally yeah. talked about that in the Larry episode recently. <laughs> we did. Let's not talk about that episode because it's cursed. Anyway. <laughs> so we end up on this other desert planet and the Mandalorian's kind of sneaking around. And the Mandalorian's supposed to be like the best at their job, but then they're taken down by a blurg. <laughs> I love Are you that good I at your job? Comedy. Maybe not. The inherent comedy in all of that is so funny. He's so it's funny. so funny. Like just the, again, it's the physicality of pedro where it's just like you can tell that they're just like giving uh do you you think that like the the hype of the mandalorian like do you think that maybe it's possible he's just kind of a shitty mandalorian because he hasn't he hasn't quite gotten there yet yeah like he's he's not 
it's like the legend of the Mandos precedes him more than like his actual ability. <laughs> right. Yeah, everyone's like, oh my god, he's a Mandalorian. And like he knows how to fight, sure, but yeah. he hasn't had a huge amount of life experiences, I what? guess, because yeah. What's what scrappy little orphan doesn't know how to fight in the Star Wars universe? <laughs> like... Exactly. <laughs> so Okay, but Blurg appreciation. Yes. Oh yes. <laughs> Tiny T Rex arms, great. <laughs> Blurg are so good. Blurgs are amazing. Now, let's respect that the plural of Blurg is Blurg. Blurg, yes. Like sheep. Yes. <laughs> or Pergil. I mean, what is or a Blurg Pergil. except a desert sheep? You're not That's, wrong. That That is fair. Well, yeah. I, actually, see, I, I would love to see a Plurg of Blurg. Oh. Plurg is, is the, the a group of Blurg. Yes, yes. yes, yes. Assured, a sheep, assured... A, a heap of sheep. There we go. I got there. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, it's the equivalent of saying a heap of sheep but for Blurg. <laughs> but you know, just Blurgs. imagine them all like roaming around, kind of bumping into each other. <laughs> see, I got very excited because I thought Blurgs were only on Ryloth, and I thought we were going to see some Twi'leks. We did not see any Twi'leks. We did not. Which, <laughs> I was very disappointed. Honestly, I'm okay with that. <laughs> We're, we're gonna see Tonks as a Twi'lek later on. We're, yeah, we're oh, gonna yeah, get we're gonna get oh, our yeah. Twi'leks later. I forgot about that too. <laughs> yeah, don't worry, kids. So, um, this Ugnaught is the one who helped the Mando out and saved them from the Blurg, and brings him back to his nice little setup, and agrees to help the Mandalorian because basically. He wants these kids off his lawn. <laughs> I, I love this that. old man so much. I love so Grandpa. much. Oh yeah, and can we and just call him Grandpa? To, like, the greatest montage in the history of montages here. Yes, and so yeah, one... I've just been calling him Grandpa. <laughs> yeah, so I have one... no idea what his actual name is. <laughs> I don't think they mention it. <laughs> because... No, his he, his name has not been given. Yeah, because even the subtitles it says Ugnat. Like they don't. I haven't seen a name, which is why I haven't used one. Maybe that's just everyone in the show. Like, the Mandalorian is just the Mandalorian. The Ugnaught right. is just the Ugnaught. The Cara Dune. <laughs> the Cara Dune. She's <laughs> a Cara Dune. <laughs> but She's a literal Dune. The grandpa likes to end conversations with, I have spoken, which is a power move. I love move. that so much. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, power move is right. Grandpa knows what he's doing. That so, needs to be our sign-off for this mini-podcast. Yes, great. So, then, it's the most wonderful montage of the year, which is the Mandalorian trying to learn how to ride Blurk. I love it so much. I'm, I will watch it many times. It's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> and the Blurk, like, I just love that the Blurk never changes expression. It's always exactly the same. The eyes are always just looking straight forward. Just like, yeah, it's just, the Blurk's this, like, like, what are you gonna Like, do? the way its mouth is shaped just looks to- so nonplussed. Yeah, all the time. <laughs> oh, the Mandalorian's trying to climb on me again. Oh, well, we'll Great. see how this time works out. <laughs> <laughs> so we also find out, very important facts, that male Blurg are eaten during mating. They sure so do are. Blur- do Blurgs lay, like, hundreds of eggs, then? Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> or, yes. there aren't that many Blurg. This is obviously a very egg-involved planet. <laughs> <Yes>. so, <laughs> so, oh, yeah, I mean, we'll get talking, to that later. 
on the main show, we've been talking about the difference between our selected species and K-selected species, and I yes, think that Blurg would tend towards the R-selected species, where they uh, don't put a lot of care into their offspring. They just lay their eggs and move on. Yeah, it seems K-selected. Like yeah. But um, the Mando is all like, I don't have time for this, just to cover up their embarrassment of not being able to write a Blurg, because you are literally doing nothing else. This is your entire <laughs> job that you have right now. <laughs> We don't know. He might have a side gig as, like, a Uber driver. No. And my favorite thing is that Grandpa actually gets the Mandalorian to do this by being like, I thought you were a Mandalorian. Didn't your ancestors ride the Mythosaur? Like, you can't even ride a Blurg? And the Mando's like, fine! Mandalorian's like, montage time. Let's do this. Getting on the Blurg. Like, fine, I guess I'll channel my inner animal lover. I was about to say, the most powerful force in the universe is spite. Yeah, oh, truly. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Truly. Especially Fuck you, Grandpa, I can ride a Blurg. <laughs> so then, they're riding the Blurg through the, des- the Blurg through the desert. It's great. Grandpa leads the Mandalorian to this crime base, and <laughs> we do see the Mandalorian looking through the visor with the spyglass from two different points in their visor (laughs) yeah i love this so much because like this the comedy and him pulling out his little like spyglass and then looking through his visor like it's obviously that pedro can't see shit through this and he's just like slamming it against his head and then like when it cuts to him the next time he's put it in a different place (laughs) because the first time is like way over to the side and then the next time it's like in the middle (laughs) it's like like, literally Oh Where my God. does Spyglass go? <laughs> I love how this, go- this show is so much goofier than I was expecting, and I'm so happy. Yeah, I'm really glad. But it's not presented that way, right? Like, it's pre- you're, it's on the surface, it's very serious. Yeah, on the like, surface, it's like, it's, yes, this is a serious Because the humor show. is so subtle throughout. It's so stupid, though. <laughs> <laughs> and through, somehow through that Spyglass, the Mando sees that IG-11 arrives. I also wonder why the Mando doesn't like droids at all. Because it's when when the Mando goes to kind of help IG-11, it seems to have like a nice droid partner who can take a lot of hits. It doesn't really care about personal safety. <laughs> My, I love the gag of like, IG-11 being like, okay, guess I'll just self-destruct. It's I guess I'll die. So and he's just like, funny. do not self-destruct, stop, please. Stop that. You, stop that. Stop it. Just stop it. <laughs> I said don't. Don't but I also that. love that like his first reaction is like, "Hey, we're both in the guild. Let's just work together and split it." And also, when the droid's like, "I'm gonna blow myself up," he's like, he doesn't use that as a distraction for the storm, not stormtroopers, stormtroopers for, the- for whoever's fighting. He doesn't, yeah. he doesn't use that as a distraction. I- he's not like, "Oh, I'll use this." He's like, "No, do not die. Like, do don't not you dare." Well, you're so I- I really like the idea of the Mando so willingly accepting help. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Like he like grandpa, he immediately is like, okay. And then with IG eleven, he's not like, I work better on my own, and then it takes like five minutes of cajoling for him to like work with the the droid. It's his idea to work with the droid. Right, the droid's like, like, I want the credit though. <laughs> yeah. I kinda like the idea of like because a lot of times, like, these types of characters, or at least what yeah. I thought this character was going to be, which it's turning out that it's nothing like I thought it was going to be, yeah, um, would would be like, I work better alone and be all broody. And that's mm-hmm. just boring sometimes. So I like the idea of the Mando being like, okay, yeah, I need some help. Please help me. 
Right. Yeah, my way biggest over my head, concern. Help me. My biggest concern about this show is that it was just going to be like a testosterone fueled dude fest. Yeah, and like mm. instead, the main character is an extremely soft boy. He's so soft. Like, oh yeah, yeah. I was expecting this to be way. I I love this show a lot more than I was expecting because he is just a dumbass soft boy. Yeah, <laughs> I like this new dumbass dumb ass. soft boy. I like <laughs> this new generation of Star Wars dumbass soft boy. Yeah, I'm into it. <laughs> Very good. Um, and so, yeah, IG-11 is just ready, ready to self-destruct. Um, it's like the Mandalorian treats them like a dog who, like, keeps eating the same piece of trash. And it's like, stop it. Stop it. <laughs> Get it out of your mouth. What's in your mouth? <laughs> and I really, and again, like, with, especially that one scene with IG-11, and the Mando, when they try to figure out how to open the big, like, door, the big blaster door, and you just see them, and they both look in the direction of, like, the Gatling gun, and you you don't actually know what they're doing, but you exactly know what expression they're making. Yeah, yeah. Hilarious. Very good. So they get inside, and holy shit, we have a baby yodel. <laughs> I was shook. I was shook. I had no idea this was coming. I watched it at like two o'clock in the morning. It was not, I mean, was not in my best mental state and had to sit there for about 30 minutes after the episode came out. I was like, did that just happen? And I rewound it. I was like, did I hallucinate the baby yodel? I, no, it's real. Yeah, I watched it like as soon as I could. Um, I got home. Oh God. Yeah. I, w- I ran out because I found out that um, Fallen Order had come out in New Zealand and I ran out to go get there after calling a man and being like, hello, does your store have Fallen Order out? And he was like, yes. I was like, cool, I'm on my way. And That's then literally just got in the car and like drove there. Um, So I got home from that and I was like, oh my God, Mandalorian's out as well. So I started watching that and I was like, not prepared for that. I was like, oh yeah, 50 years old. And then he approached it and I'd forgotten by that point, like the moment he said it was like 50 years old and then they changed to a different thing. I have like subject and permanence. I forgot he'd said that. I forgot he said it was 50 years old. And so we get to like this little thing. I'm like, oh, it's a baby. Right. It's absolutely a baby. But then IG's like, it's 50 years old. We all oh, have the IG, same reaction like, like that. as the Mando. And I was like, yeah. Like, I, I love the slow reveal of what it actually is because yeah. the sh- like the shot doesn't, show like what the hell it actually looks like and then you get this like subtle shadow of the ears and then you're like oh shit oh <laughs> uh, shit mm-hmm. it's a yodel um and then we kind of get the question of so thus far the mando assumes that ig11 has been working on the exact same bounty that they have been but ig11 had the explicit instructions to kill the 50-year-old, whereas the Mando was told, preferably bring it back alive. And so when IG-11 is going to terminate it, instead, the Mandalorian shoots it in the head. Shoots IG-11 in the head. It shoots the baby in the head? No, it shoots the droid in the head. <laughs> I do I do think that um, we'll probably see IG-11 come back. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or another IG droid, at least. It's a droid. Don't, yeah. like... It'll, yeah, it'll just, like, it'll be IG-12 and then IG-13. Like, they'll just keep showing up. That's just what sequence. IG... I mean, they really I, have... IG droids I, just sound like Taika Waititi. Like, they have up until IG-87 to work with, so, like, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Isn't 87 dead? Yeah, that... I don't know. I didn't know there really wasn't <laughs> IG-87. 
Oh, it's 88, right. It's 88 <laughs> was the one in Empire. I'm that a was fake the joke. Fan. So then, of course, the Good Mandalorian joke, does like the most whatever you do with a baby thing and just stick your I love finger that out at he it. He just points at it. Like, <laughs> he's just like, oh, baby. Look, a baby. It's a baby. It's a baby. It's a 50 year old baby. <laughs> <laughs> what is this baby? So but it's a very cute shot of the little yodel it's just really sticking its finger cute. up to touch. It's so cute. It's really cute. It's very cute. It's so rude. So the moment like I saw that, I was like, oh no, I'm gonna love this show. Yeah, yeah. So episode two, the Mandalorian is walk is walking back <laughs> with Yaddle, who is so hungry. Please feed her. She's gonna eat those lizards. <laughs> and um so then they get attacked by some folks who are tracking the beacon still, which this scene, listeners, if you haven't seen Fate of the Furious, you need to watch Fate of the Furious. But this scene is exa- exactly like Jason Statham on the airplane rescuing Dominic Toretto's baby in that movie. And it's like one of the best scenes of the entire movie. Anyway. <laughs> the Mando gets- And we all agree. Yes. I'm going to tweet it soon. Anyway. The Mando gets pretty injured in this fight. Like, their chest plate gets kind of wonked up. It got some bad wounds. And the bait, Yaddle, keeps trying to come over and, like, heal the Mando. And the Mando doesn't get what it's doing. And so just keeps putting it back in its egg crib. And Baby's just like, please let me heal you. <laughs> please. I... Oh, you can tell this guy is not used to being a dad because he discovers that his baby can not only get out of its crib, like, it can walk. Right, like, like, why doesn't that give you some questions? I will constantly turn my back on this baby that can both walk and escape where it is. (laughs) Like, no, if you've ever been around a child, you will know that is not what you do. (laughs) In, like, a floating egg crib, it somehow gets out fine without making any noise. (laughs) It's got the force. It doesn't need They don't know anything. what that is. <laughs> so at, at first, sometimes the baby makes weird baby human sounds, and I do not like it. <laughs> it squeaks sometimes, and that's very cute. The squeaking is good, but sometimes it makes that generic baby noise that, like, they use in all of, like, the TV. Um, <laughs> and I don't, I don't like human baby sounds coming from Yodel. It is not good. <laughs> it is not a human baby. <laughs> um, and then the Jawas... We see, they get back to the Mandalorian ship and the Jawas have like stripped it real good. And this is where I'm like, are we on Tatooine? We might be on Tatooine. Yeah, this is where I was getting real confused. Because like, wait, but they were Jawas, because me and my flamethrower were trying to figure out um, where they were in the last one. They were like, oh, they must be on Tatooine because of all the Jawas and everything. And then the Jawas turned up in this, we were like, okay, what? I'm convinced (laughs) they are still on the same planet. They just flew to the other side. Yeah, it's fine. So that that's the thing that all the bounty hunters went to other planets. They didn't realize that they were just supposed to go around the other side. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so the Mando tries to aboard their sand crawler, um, gets like seventy five percent successful, and then fails. Which the whole time the little the little baby carriers trailing after it. And it's the cutest thing in the yeah, It's so hard to watch that scene because, like, I cannot focus on what's happening. So I'm like, where's the baby? Where's the baby? Where's the baby? Mando, there's a baby behind you. 
this Where's episode baby? gave me such bad anxiety for that baby. Because later the with the space rhino too, I'm like, why is the baby there? Especially when you the Jawas were like throwing things at the Mandalorian to I get them to fall love- off. I was like, was something going to fall on the baby? <laughs> I was absolutely losing my mind at him trying to climb this thing. And the Jawas just throwing, just throwing so everything they had at him. And it just funny. like, the sound effects of it donking off of him is just so funny. It's so ridiculous. It's like one of my favorite things in Star Wars now is just that scene because it's just so stupid. It's so stupid. And so... Then the Mandalorian and Baby Yaddle return to the ship to see if anything's salvageable. And guess what? They stole of your guns that aren't protected because you just left them in that cabinet. Anybody can open. The Mando's learning that the world is a rough place. Yeah. You need some more experience. The Mando Mando clearly comes from like a small town where they always leave their cars unlocked. Right. Like, no, lock your doors at night. (laughs) You're a bounty hunter, my guy. What are you doing? (laughs) So still figuring it out. Again, the Mando does the correct thing and goes to Grandpa and asks for help. And the man, the Grandpa is like, "You gotta trade them for your stuff," and refuses to trade. I don't know the baby or whatever. And um, yeah, I love that he's like, "What else? What can he trade you?" And they're the, like, "Baby, give us baby." <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I do like how quickly the Mando turns from, like, badass bounty hunter to, don't you dare touch my child. Don't you dare touch this baby! Yeah, he's like, <laughs> this is my baby my now? Yeah. <laughs> what's, the, uh, what's the tweet out there right now that's, like, all the dude fanboys thought they were getting the Mandalorian and actually they're getting single mom? Yeah. <laughs> he's a badass. You did get a badass. You got a single parent. Like, right. We finally get a good Star Wars dad. Honestly. A good Star Wars dad is the lead of a thing, and it's great. A single parent is, like, one of the most, like, powerful forces you do not want to mess with. Oh my gosh, do we think he's going to crack our very, very short list of good dads in Star Wars? So far! I mean, he already cracked mine. He's doing a real good job. I mentioned mentioned this on Twitter, I just keep waiting for the other shoe to drop and for him to turn into an asshole. I think he's too stupid to be an asshole. Yeah, I think that's it, he's just too (laughs) stupid. I had, like, I had, like, very, like specific expectations of what i thought the show yeah. was gonna be and so far none of it, n- none of them have been correct well like so from- I, i'm just like waiting for something to happen i'm like it just can't he can't be a nice guy can't he well that's the thing like from all of the promo material it definitely seemed like this is a a gritty like no man's wasteland kind of thing and here's this mandalorian who's like off on their own and plays by their own rules, whatever. And it's like, no, here's a family man who's part of a guild trying to make some armor who, like, has some pretty strict morals about taking money from Imperials because Imperials are awful and then goes and saves this baby. So, like, what what are you gonna do? Oh, God, this guy is just... I love him. Yeah. So, Grandpa goes to take the Mandalorian to the Jawas and they agree to trade. Oh my god. And. Oh my god. They, the, oh my god. The, the Jawas <laughs> ask for his rifle, which, no, the Mandalorian cannot trade their rifle. Jesus okay, wait, wait, wait. We've missed a really important part where the Jawas refuse to trade with him because he's, they're like, no weapons. And oh, yeah. so Nick Nolte is like, you've got to get rid of your weapons. And the Mandalorian's like, no, this is my religion. This is, this is very important <laughs> to my culture. <laughs> Yeah, like he literally says, "No, they're my relig- they're part of my religion," and I was like, "Buddy, that's not good enough." Stop. <laughs> yeah, like stop. 
Too bad. And I really hope during one of these episodes, we have a scene with one character from The Mandalorian gets to be the person who's like unpacking a bunch of weapons from their outfit. <laughs> yeah, I was kind of bummed they didn't have that in there. Right. But I, I feel like if they're going to have anybody do it, they're going to have Cara Dune do it. Yeah, which, that's like, going to be yeah. Cara Dune for a sure. A plus. A plus. <laughs> anyway, and so Grandpa's like, what? Grandpa and the Mandalorian are like, what can I trade you that isn't my guns, my armor, or this baby? Oh, my and baby. So, so then the Jawas say, we require the egg. Bring us the egg. I had, and, th- and this is where I had to pause the episode because I was like, <laughs> the so egg, hard. the egg. Yeah, I literally the just egg, had to tweet the, the egg because I didn't know what else to do at this point. The we were like, this, our is this really happening? The egg, I could not believe egg. this. Especially after like, all of our Rogue Podrin episodes. <laughs> like, they've been listening to us this whole time. Yep. <laughs> the well, then egg. the Jawas are all just chanting, the egg, the egg. <laughs> They're just screaming, the egg. They literally the took egg. this out of my brain and put it on the TV screen. <laughs> I could not, I could not handle that. I it's literally just could not do it. The most amazing thing. <laughs> so then the Mando's like, great, I'll go get the egg. <laughs> So what did you all think the egg egg was before we found out? I knew it was an egg. I figured it was an egg. (laughs) (laughs) But where did what did you think the egg was connected to, or why did you think they wanted the egg? Uh, I figured they wanted to eat it. Yeah, my first thought was, oh, they want to eat the egg. (laughs) So like, the thing was is that I definitely watched this episode this weekend and so like i already knew that the egg thing was going to happen because everyone's spoiler free tweets are extremely spoilery yeah <laughs> and yeah, like also guilty also like stop giving a fuck about baby yoda sometimes yeah also like <laughs> 12 12 not 12 people but like many people went into my dms and are like have you watched the mandalorian yet and i'm like no because i was asleep when it came out and then i had to go to work like a person and <laughs> but they're like i think you're gonna like it and i'm like i know you're talking about the egg <laughs> but anyway like i i actually was hoping that it was a basket of eggs like many eggs but it turned out to just be one giant egg, which is also great. But I was hoping that he would just come back with, like, a big basket of eggs and just be like, this is what you wanted. Anyway, so the Mandalorian goes, they go to the edge of where this cave is, where the egg is, and everybody waits for him, except baby Yaddle, who comes with him on this adventure. Yeah, um, and he's like, alright, I guess the, the baby's coming here's- too. Here's the thing, the Mandalorian controls that little cradle thing. Yeah. You see him control it with his arms. So he 100% took the baby with him to yeah. get the egg. Which, like, well, I he's get- not gonna trust the Jawas I, don't, I with wouldn't the trust That's the Jawas with the baby. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't either. But I also ne- wouldn't necessarily bring the baby into this death trap. So, <laughs> who knows? So he- the Mandalorian leaves the baby outside, at least, when- they go into this very scary cave that has a good amount of bones inside. And when they're trying to find the egg, instead they find an eyeball connected to a mud horn. <laughs> it's a space rhino. A space rhino. Um, and so the Mandalorian gets beat up a lot and their armor gets hecked up a lot. And... I have to point out about this mud horn that it's a very mammalian looking creature, but it has an egg. So again, it's, this calls into question. It's a fuzzy egg. 
Correct. <laughs> so, so that's okay. Perfect. So I'm really excited about this because, yes. like, the fuzzy egg is um, the giant space rhino cannot sit on the egg to keep it warm, and so it's evolved this fuzzy egg because it has natural insulation. Because if the giant rhino sat on okay. it, it, would crush that's it. That's what I was thinking. That's what I was actually it's thinking not, when I started. I was like, it is oh. not just a fuzzy egg. It is a hairy egg. <laughs> like, it's, it's right. very it's hairy. insulation. Yeah. So again, this calls into question. If you are a Rogue Pod listener, when we had that heavy debate about whether Yaddle's species was reptilian or amphibian or a mammalian. And so, really, we don't know. And also, this means you shouldn't keep your dumb Earth definitions of what animals are applied to the Star Wars universe. Touche. The real debate should have been, was Yaddle ovoviviparous or, no, oviparous or viviparous? What does that mean? That's the real debate. Uh, viviparous means live birth and oviparous means egg birth. Yes. And ovoviviparous means egg birth and then live birth. Yes, like many snakes um, yes. and some sharks. Anyway, <laughs> so um, the Mandalorian gets beat up so much and all they have left is this dinky little knife. And yet they still... Stay, they still are kneeling in front because they can't stand because they got beat up real bad. And the Mudhorn charges them and they just kind of put their helmet down and hold the knife out. Like, that's definitely going to work. And, <laughs> and I love they just kind of, he's like, all right, well, I we'll guess see, I we'll guess see what happens. I'll die. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I guess die. I'll die. Self-destruct. It's like a mood in this char. <laughs> yeah. And so. Mando pulling a real IG-11. Right. Absolutely. So then Yodel reaches out and stops the Mudhorn with the Force. She is so strong. She's so strong. So strong. She deserves so many frogs to eat. Yeah. I was. De- I, I. I mean, I don't know why. Looking back, it's like, of course. But in that moment, I like kind of gasped out loud. I did so also. I was like, oh, man. Yeah. Oh, I was like waiting for it, but also same. Yeah. But um, the Mando's like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> Extremely confused. Baby Yaddle. Because, yeah, go ahead. You imagine at this point, there's so few Jedi left in the galaxy. And even like right. Dark Side Force users, the Inquisitors are all like covert operatives or whatever. Th- this person's probably never seen a Force user in their life. No. So like, But also, like, can you imagine? Mandalorians and Jedi kind of have never really been friends. Right. Um, well, yeah, which is and, why and Mandalorian in- armor is, like, immune to Jedi swords. Which is why Beskar we- is so, like, beloved. Yeah, and even in, like, Rebels, they're like, newsflash, the Jedi won the war with Mandalore. So it's not even just a Legends thing anymore, which I love, by the way. Mm-hmm. But Yeah. Um, very good stuff. <laughs> yeah. And... The Mando is so bewildered at this that it actually doesn't make its chance to kill the thing um, until Baby Yaddle uses up all of their energy and falls asleep in their crib. Oh, baby. <laughs> but then the Mandalorian, apparently good at their job for this one minute, sticks the knife in exactly where it needed to go <laughs> to bring it down, oh. to bring the Mudhorn down. <laughs> Which, sorry, Mudhorn, but we need your egg, I guess. <laughs> yeah, but it just, like, hurts even more that, like, not only did they kill probably the one space rhino on the planet, but they killed its only chance of offspring as well. Maybe there was another egg in there. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, and this self The Jawas didn't so know about fine. the second secret egg? No. I mean, it's probably, like, a whole nest of eggs. 
Okay, so they're also in our selected species. Yeah, 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 sure. I mean, it's probably more like a bird, right? Where, like, it could have, like, five, you know, a, a reasonable number of eggs to take care of. Sure. Yeah. Why weren't Why were they all spread out? Oh, in case a Mandalorian showed up and took one. That's exactly. It, no, it's it's dealt with the Jawas before. And they've got the insulation to keep them warm. Okay. All right. Yeah, they okay. don't need to be clustered together because they don't have to be kept warm by the Mama Mudhorn. Yeah. Yeah. Also, well, it was buried in mud. So. Yeah. 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 That's true. Oh man, it's like a holiday when all the baby baby space rhinos start emerging from the mud. Oh, amazing. <laughs> <laughs> what a special time that must be. <laughs> so the Mando goes back, gets the extremely hairy egg, and the Jawas and Grandpa the Jawas are ready to be like, nah, he's dead, like we're gonna leave. And Grandpa's like, hold on. The Mando's just slow at their job sometimes. <laughs> just give and- him time, please. Grandpa knows Mando so well. Yeah. And the Jawas are, like, packing up. They're about to close the door, but then the Mando shows up with the egg and baby Yaddle very asleep. And the Jawas are so happy about the egg that they don't even wait. They just cut it right open and stick all their hands in that delicious yolk and just start, so unsanitary. start eating it immediately. That was so distressing <laughs> when they did that. I was just like, all right. Distressing. I guess this is happening now. I would really like to know. Distressing is the best word for that. I would really like to know from the prop department what that yoke was made out of. Because it was viscous. (laughs) Oh, it looked, um, God, it looked like. It's just like, you know, when you make slime out of. Yeah, it just looked like slime. Yeah, yeah. But like, but it was thinner than slime, but thicker than like fake blood, right? It would have just been, um, like and syrup and water and like food coloring but like it was it was thickened with something oh you can get <laughs> things thickened pretty well with corn syrup what's that like non-neutronian liquid that you make out of cornstarch but <laughs> oh yeah oh. and anyways, anyway then there's the ship repair montage <laughs> yeah so then there's a ship repair montage which honestly thank god it did not take more than an episode to get going because that would have been too much <laughs> yeah um, the Mandalorian offers Grandpa a job on their ship, but Grandpa's like, I have worked forever to never work for someone else again. Please let me retire. <laughs> yeah. Which- Um. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Well, I'll finish, finish your thought. Oh. Which, like, the Mandalorian is so polite. Like, they're so thankful. They even offer to pay um, the Grandpa with, like, half of the Beskar. And, like, they're such a good person. <laughs> Very proud of them. Yeah, and Grandpa's like, please, just stop. It's fine. Please leave. Just please leave. <laughs> um, I just wanted to say, like, going back to the, the montage, mm-hmm. like, I do appreciate, like, the pace of the show feels very slow and deliberate, and I like that, but also, like, we're we're moving along plot-wise. Yeah. Because, like, and it, they could have done a whole first season of just, like, searching for Baby Yoda, and that was, like, the big reveal at the end of the season was, like, Baby Yaddle. But yeah. instead, like... That was the first episode, and we're we're moving forward here. Yeah, I'm glad. Yep. So, then gets on the ship. Um, Baby Yaddle has the right idea, which was nap through all of the hard work and wake up once they're on their way. <laughs> <laughs> when he was um, he's shaking the crib at the end, and I was like, "Don't right. wake!" I was like, up. "Don't wake what her are you doing, up. man!" <laughs> right? Because Grandpa's like, "Is the baby still asleep?" and 
And Mando's like, yeah, and then shakes the crib. It's like, stop it! <laughs> it's like me whenever, like, Spud's asleep, and I'm like, Spud! Hey, bu- buddy, <laughs> you still alive there? <laughs> right, like, are you just asleep? Need to make sure, because I only get half the bounty if you're dead. <laughs> anyway, and that's where we are at the end of The Mandalorian Episode 2 on Disney Plus to you. <sighs> Mm. The show's surprisingly good. Surprisingly good. I am enjoying it very much. Yeah. So, a little serious chat here. Um, I've been seeing a lot of comparisons on the internet to Lone Wolf and Cub, a.k.a. Kozure Okami, which is a Japanese samurai fiction story where it is a samurai... um, Ogami, who he's the executioner for the Shogun, and so he's already like a morally gray character, but his family and his wife get killed by a like rival clan um, who are trying to vie for power to get into his position. And they frame him to make it look like he was also the one who did this, who killed his wife right after she gave birth to their son, Daigoro. And then uh, Ogami gives is told that he has to commit suicide in order because honor and all of that and he gives his son the option of a ball and a sword and if you choose the ball then I will kill us both and we can go join your mother in heaven um, or if you choose the sword, then we're going to fight our way out of this and restore our honor. And the baby chooses the sword. <laughs> so then Ogami goes on this quest with his like one-year-old to expunge and like clear their name and get revenge on this um, other clan who set them up and killed his wife. So I see the parallels that people are drawing to like, here is this kind of morally great character with this baby and they're gonna like do the right thing and shoot their way out um and in the end of lone wolf and cub uh ogami actually ends up dying fighting like the 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 leader of this rival clan and then daigoro is the one who picks up the broken spear and actually ends up killing um them and so daigoro daigoro in the end is the only one who's alive as an infant as like a one-year-old um so this brings up the problematic nature that Star Wars has had with taking things from <laughs> Japanese storytelling um, and not acknowledging that they are doing it. And Dave Filoni being a particular culprit of this. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Especially like I think with the Mandalorians in general, I think a lot has maybe been... I'm just gonna say, has been stolen from like kind of like samurai legend and samurai story. Oh, and um, they're absolutely 100% based off of samurai. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I and, mean, look at the helmets. Yeah, and like really, westerns are also kind of the American equivalent to the samurai movie, um, which samurai movies came out first. But <laughs> uh, so it's problematic that this is very obvious that even people who like have only peripherally heard of lone wolf and cub are like, Hey, it's lone wolf and cub. Um, but like the creators have not said anything about 
that yet. Apparently, like a fan had brought it up at the press event last week or like during this week. Um, but it wasn't again brought up by the creators or any credit given by the creators. Um, and again, we don't, uh, yeah. So <laughs> I just, I just wanted to bring that up because it's a thing that really bothers me. Um, because like what Star Wars has taken from like Kurosawa and from Samurai movies and now like Lone Wolf and Cub has been like so blatantly obvious that like, you know, during TLJ, everyone was like, oh, they're doing the Rashomon thing. And like, it was just like recognized that the, as that's, that's just what they're doing. And Star Wars just has a really bad history of doing that and then not acknowledging that they are doing that. Yeah. Which again, like also, um, another really like famous beloved, um, TV series or also like book novel series was Zato Ichi, the blind samurai. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> that like I have seen all of, I have seen all of this in Lone Wolf and Cub, um, at least the TV series and the movies because my dad really likes samurai movies. And so like it, it had a lot of parallels to Chirrut and Rogue One because again it also oh. had that humor. Yeah. Um that I mean, Zato yeah, Ichi I grew does. up watching a lot of Kung Fu movies because my sister did martial arts and loves them. And yeah, I remember when I was watching Rogue One and I was like, Yep. Yep. I mean Kanan too. Yes. Right? Yeah. 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 So <laughs> there's that. And yeah. Yeah. That's just that's just a thing, and that's just the thing yeah, th- we have to think-, think about when we watch these things. Yeah, I think that's important to acknowledge. You know, we talked about the the woman issue too. Mm-hmm. Like, as always, no Star Wars is perfect, and this is definitely an example of that. Yeah, well, like they're like it's not they're not presenting like the the content in the show in regards to this like isn't like disrespectful in that kind of way but like the way that they handle that we are using this but we don't acknowledge it and we also like they've never really acknowledged how much of like the jedi and that is based in specifically like japanese culture even like the way that they dress and a lot of like padme's outfits and things like that like is directly taken from japan um oh yeah. yeah And um, for more on this, actually, Jess, our friend Jess recently had a really good article yes, on Star Wars yes. Rep Matters about cultural appropriation in Star Wars. Oh, it's Definitely a really good article. Out. Yeah. Yeah. So just think about that as you watch this show and think about the ways that Star Wars can do better and deserves it and should do better. Um, because they it would should be not only better. make for better Star Wars, but also it would be somewhat like it would be in the spirit of Star Wars. Yes. Yep. <laughs> great um i'm gonna take this part out because uh, we didn't really talk about season three but episode three we'll talk about episode three next time yay yay um does yay Seth, do you want to do outros <laughs> yeah i sure can wow i just scrolled down the notes and just saw the eagle bunch yeah um. <laughs> yeah i put it appropriately <laughs> in the show notes we were crying the egg bring us the egg the egg the egg the egg the egg the egg <laughs> The egg, the egg, the egg, the egg, the egg. Yeah, let's end this on a positive note, which is basically just to say, the egg. The egg. Egg. <laughs> we require the egg. We require the egg. We require the egg. <laughs>
Thank you so much for this, Egg. <laughs> oh, God, thank you so much for this show. Like, oh, my God. Okay, listeners, you can, can find Can you believe us we're on- watching live-action Star Wars TV? It's like, weird. This is amazing. <laughs> it's great, but it's weird. How do you interrupt me? <laughs> I agree with you 100%, though. <laughs> I was getting right into the swing of it. No, I, like, I remember ages ago, so long ago, when they first announced, like, Star Wars TV was going to be a thing. And I was like, ah, oh, I don't really like sci-fi as TV series. Like, it's just not really my jam. So, like, these movies, like, these shows aren't going to be for me. And then they were like, Kenobi. And I was like, okay, never mind. But then I watched <laughs> this and I was like, oh, super never mind. Like, baby. Okay, never mind. It's, this is for me. Yeah, give me this dorky dude in a helmet. My kind of guy. Right. Who's having to look after this, like, force-sensitive baby. That is what I'm here for. Oh, wait! I was going to say something, actually. I'm going to quickly say it. Um, It's a very minor spoiler for the, the Fallen Order game. Like, as in, it's not actually a spoiler. But if you don't want to know anything about but the it, game. But is it with how soft Cal is? No, 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 okay, no, no, no. That's nothing about the boy. Screw him. Um, There's a character in it who's, like, the pilot of your ship called Grease. And at some point, like, when he... When they're talking about Jedi, for some reason he's like, yeah, there was, like, this really famous... Like, do you think that, like, really famous Jedi is dead? That one that's, like, green and small, and Cal is like, oh, yeah, Yoda. And he's like, no, not Yoda. I'm talking about Yaddle. <gasps> yeah! <laughs> like, he straight up... He straight up is so offended that he thought he meant Yoda. And he's like, you know, Yaddle's the best. So Grease is a huge Yaddle fanboy. The I absolutely lost below. my mind at that. The one that below. amazing. Yeah. So this game... The writing in this game is, but that was amazing. Okay. That was very good. Grease can be a guest on Rogue Podcast. Seriously, Grease can stay. How do we get this person on? <laughs> and on that note, listeners, you can hit us up on Twitter at Rogue Podrin. That is our main show. If you don't actually listen to us, I don't know why you would listen to this without that. But in case you do, go listen to that too. Um, we can be found on iTunes, Google Play, all of them, all of your podcatchers. Just look for us and we're there. We have a Patreon, which is patreon.com slash roguepodron, obviously. And you can pledge to us, get access to our Discord, all that fun stuff. And you can leave us a review, and you should leave us a review. And subscribe. Thank you. Yes, thank you. All right, so next time, we'll be doing the Podrilorian episode. Nope. Next time on Podrilorian episode two, we will be doing the Mandalorian episode three. <laughs> we're just going to call this episode one and two. That way we can keep it consistent, I think. Yeah, we're going to yeah. get a little bit confused. So I hope you enjoyed the show and we are really enjoying the Mandalorian. And I hope that you will enjoy it along with us, um, especially as a podcast that isn't just a bunch of dudes. So, <laughs> <laughs> not a single, not a not single, single dude, white cis dude on this show. Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. So, uh, come back next time. I've spoken. That's it. That's the end. have spoken.